I'm not going to be sharing for long. Jade asked me to share 10 minutes and for a teacher, <laughs> but I'll go as quickly as I can. But yeah, we've been building lots about community and the importance of it. And we've been going through X 242. And uh, I love the way Nikki brought it because sometimes you feel a bit intimidated sometimes because we keep going back there and people are like, why are you sharing that in again? And Nikki was just saying again, go back to the blueprint. We're always going to go back to the blueprint because we're all building church and so it is important. And uh, I, I really want to just, for those who haven't been with us for long, um, you might be newish here and I, I actually want to talk to you today if... If you are with us, but you come here on a Sunday, but you're actually not really involved in with us as a church. And when I say involved, I mean that you're really involved in family and what that really means in the community that, that we have also in the life of the church. And so I want to kind of point to you this morning and, and just, just to bring the importance of that to you. And, uh, and I had a scripture, and I'm only going to focus on this one scripture and it's Acts 2, verses 46. Funny enough, this is a scripture that God actually highlighted something to me even more so this morning. It's actually quite fresh for me. It says, uh, And so they continually daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, and they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. You can keep that scripture there for me, Stefani. And uh, here we see the early church, and if you've been with Josh Jen for long enough, you'll notice that we try and build on the blueprint of what we see in Acts. The early church, when it began, yes, it was raw. People were still trying to figure out, you know, what's happening. The Holy Spirit came upon Peter, and there was an outflow. On the first day, there were 3,000 added, and so there wasn't a quick thing that, hey, this is what church is about. These guys were still figuring out what, what is church and what that really means, and um, and Peter gives them the gospel. But I love the fact that it says they devoted themselves to certain things, like the apostles' teaching, to prayer, to fellowship. Um, what else? What else is there? Um, breaking bread. And they were doing this, and this was bringing life. But this scripture that I want to share on just talks about where they met. And it says that they met in one accord in the temple. Now, that was at Solomon's colonnade, and they would break bread together. And uh, I want to say that they had the gathering moments like, like we have and like we're going to have this week. There's going to be a big gathering moment. But this is a gathering moment. This is, a, in a sense, a temple meeting where we come together. And as Chad said, you know, it's one of those moments where sometimes we collectively come together and we declare, God, you are good. God, together we, we, we recognize your holiness. We recognize your glory. We see you for who you are. And there's a declaration that we stand as one and declare that truth. And then these times are also a time where God speaks to us as a whole, where there's a word of God going out and there's a collective in a sense, you are standing here under a collective council. Did you know that? This is not a one-on-one -on -one council. This is a collective council under the council of the Word of God. And so this is God speaking over us as one. And so this is, a, in a sense, a temple moment that we have. But I want to say this is a small fraction of what church is about. Okay? It's a small fraction. It's not all that, that encompasses it. Because then we read, it says they met from house to house. Okay? They broke bread from house to house, and they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Now, I often read that scripture, and I thought, oh, these guys were just lacking. They must have a lack of food. You know, they, they, they ate with gladness. It was lacquer. It was nice custard pies. There was uh, burovos, like orchid likes to have with com. 
And uh, it was bras, and this is why there was gladness. No, I started reading the scripture more intently and, and just reading up about it. And really, that word, uh, they ate with gladness, and then there was a simplicity of heart. That word simplicity, I've kind of read the scripture many times, but God highlighted something this morning to me. That word simplicity of heart, the word actually means, let me pronounce it properly, um, aphelatus, okay? Sounds kind of like a coffee, you know, I'll have an aphelatus, please. <laughs> but but, but aphelatus of heart, <laughs> speaking foreign, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but, but that word, aphelatus, I think the word simplicity, some of your Bibles will say humble heart or, or uh, there was another um, humble heart or sincere heart, your Bible might say. But that word simplicity of heart doesn't actually carry the word. The word of aphelatus is actually a, a, a non-stony ground of heart. It's, it's, a, it's where the rocks are leveled, where they're taken out, where the ground has been worked on. Okay? It's a meaning, of, a, a, a meaning non-stumble of heart, uncomplicated, unhindered, uh, of, of stumbling blocks, of stone, of heart. And so it really makes such a big difference in meaning when you begin to read this. And uh, you see, the gospel, in a large sense, as we, we come together, here is great, and we hear the word, but, but there's something that God has, which is much bigger for us as a church than just gathering here in the moments. It's a meeting at each other's homes. And at that moment, when we get together, there's, there's almost like God working in every single individual heart where God is removing stones within us. You know, and Ezekiel prophesied that in Ezekiel 36. He says he'll, he'll take the heart of stone and he'll give us a heart of flesh. He'll give us the Spirit of God. And uh, I'm just realizing just, just the importance of what God does in the life of a community. So, yes, here's important, the teaching, in, in a sense, this collective moment is God giving us vision, giving us direction. But in our communities, it's like God working that thing and massaging that truth within us that we can live it out. And uh, we all know the scripture and the parable. Remember when, when uh, Kian shared that, that, that's, that thing with the, when he came and shared? He shared on the, on the soil of the heart. Remember that? And he shared about the first the, the, the hard ground where the seed just bounces off. It doesn't have any effect. Then there was the, the stony ground and the weedy ground. Remember what the stony ground is when it, the seed falls on the ground, but it doesn't take root. It doesn't go too deep. It just goes on the shallow surface, and it springs up quickly, but the sun withers it. Remember that? And so there's a shallowness because of the stones. And this morning, I want to I quickly just share on that because I feel God is wanting to take us deep from just being in the shallow, superficial area. Yes, you've got an appearance that you're sprouting out quickly. Your hands are raised. You think of that flower. But the moment the sun and the, and the, and the toils of life come, you begin to wither because you're not rooted into the church. And so I, I, I really just want to bring a sense of where where you're at, and I want to ask that question, are you rooted? Are you rooted into a community where stones can be removed, where stones can be eliminated from your heart? Because remember, we all got stones in us. It's a given. Every single one of us have a stony heart, but God has to work that thing through and out of us. And I'm just reminded of the, the potter, where, you know, when God, God says he's the potter and we the clay. Let me tell you, I don't know whoever's done potting, uh, uh, pottery before, but they say to me that those who do pottery, whenever they take that clay, it's a given that there's stones in that clay. Potters don't find perfect clay. 
They become perfect in the hand of the potter. And God has to work those things out. And so I want to say, don't be confused by coming here on a Sunday and saying, this is how I become righteous. No, it isn't. You know, the Bible says in James 1.22, but he who does, uh, sorry, but he, oh, sorry, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. You see the self-deception that comes if we just under this moment and think this is all there is to church. Matthew 7.24, therefore, if anyone hears the word of mine and acts on them, it's like the wise man who builds his house on the rock. Romans 2.13, for it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but it's the doers of the law who will be declared righteous. And you know the Great Commission when Jesus said, go make disciples, what did he say? Teaching them to obey. Not just teaching them. God's got to bring us to a place. Guys, if we're going to be true disciples, we've got to be taught. But yes, that's part of it. This is, this is a teaching moment. But this is not the end. You need to obey. So you, in other words, you need to live in what you've heard. And what, how do you do that? Well, you do it in a community. You do it in a group of people that can hold you accountable. You do it with people that you can be transparent with and say, listen, this is what I'm dealing with. How do I get rid of the stone in my heart? How do you come and, and deal with that? I've got problems in my marriage. Or my kids are undisciplined. Or I've got work issues. Help me with these stones. Help me work it out that I can be righteous before the Lord in these moments. Because God is busy discipling me. And, and it's only going to happen in these moments. And, uh, you know, the thing is, with the weeds going into the ground and, and the stony ground and the weedy ground and all of that, have you noticed the seed in itself is pure? The seed of God, the Word of God is pure. It is, it is, there's nothing that needs to be added to the seed. But you know what needs to be worked on? It's us. It's our hearts. And John can tell you, as a farmer, he, he's, once he's planted the seeds, that's not the end. You know, the problem is, is what's in the soil that you've got to work out. It's what's in the soil, the nutrients, everything that needs, it needs to be cultivated. It needs to be worked on. And that's, you know, the seed is perfect. You, you need to get this. The seed is right. There's nothing in God's Word that needs to be added. You know, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instructions, in all righteousness. In other words, this word makes me righteous in how I apply it. It's sufficient in itself. The seed of God is sufficient, but the application of that seed is where God's calling us to church. But the seed is not the only element. The, uh, seed, the seed is the only element, in a sense, that's foreign to the soil. Foreign. <laughs> it's the only element that's foreign. It's the only element that's alien. Am I right? The weeds, they're natural. It's a given. You're going to have weeds. You need to root them out. You're going to have stones. They need to be purged out. It's the supernatural element that we've got to nurture, that we've got to care for. And you know the funny thing is, and I'm going to end, <laughs> I know with, with us, we're trying to get through this, but I really feel the weight of this is, is, is you know, <clears throat> I think, you know, just as, as God's working even in my own heart, God, God has to weed these things out. He needs to root them out. And you know, if, if all there was to the kingdom was just us sowing seeds and leaving it, I mean, John's job would be so easy. I could do it. Anybody could do it. If that's all it involved in farming, who can't farm? In fact, all of us would want to do it. Just sow the seeds and 
I don't have to worry. It's just, it's going to happen. It's never going to happen like that. If you're a farmer, you'll know that doesn't happen. Am I right, John? It takes work. It takes cultivating. And you know what? This cultivation doesn't happen in isolation, and it doesn't happen in a void. That's why Jesus gave the parable of the sower, to help us realize where's your heart in all of this. As the seed, yes, the word scattered is broadcast. It's a broadcast. So when we preach the gospel, yes, there is that sense of which we call to broadcast, but there's also danger in that because the seed can fall and your heart is not receptive. And you can be deceived thinking, oh, I've heard it, it's lacquer, it's great. And you think that's what makes you righteous. No, God is purging us. And he's calling us to be a people that live out the righteousness of God, that we reflect a kingdom and a culture that reflects him. Not just the individuals, it's me and my little family, we the church. No, it's us, our communities. And let me tell you, you and yourself, you are not a community. If you and your little family say, well, we the church, that's not the truth. That's not what we see in the blueprint of Acts. They met in each other's homes. They didn't meet in their own homes all the time, and this is it. No, because they need to be working out of God's righteousness within them. And I want to, just in this, I want to say that, you know, the word culture, we want to be a kingdom culture. The word culture, you know, actually derives from the word cultivate. So when the soil needs to be cultivated in every single one of us, the moment it's cultivated and we begin to, I'm not saying we become perfect, but we begin to be in a place where God work in my life. I'm willing to be transparent. I'm willing to be worked on. I know I'm not perfect. I know I don't have everything right, but God, I'm going to be teachable. I'm going to be discipled. I'm going to be declared your disciple because that's what the word disciple means, learner. I'm constantly a learner. I'm constantly in that place where I'm saying, God, work in my heart. I know these things I lack. I'm an elder. I still lack things. I still have weaknesses. And if I can do it, truly, we can do it. And Chad can do it. If Andrew's a reflection of that, and he knows there's lots in him that needs to be worked out. Man, who are we? Let God work that. Let God cultivate that what's in our heart in order that we can be a culture of what he wants to do in the kingdom. And so I want to just encourage you guys as a church, let's come alongside and be plugged into a community where God can work those things out of us. Don't think you can run on Sundays and think that's your righteousness. It will not be. It will not happen, church. And I want to encourage you. I'm not rebuking you as in a sense. I'm, I'm saying like that, that scripture says, don't be, a, be deceived. But here is only, but that you become doers. And you can only become doers when you're under, under that covering of real community living. Amen. Come on, come on. Come on. Amen. Yes. I love you, my but. I mean, yes, when I, when I felt this word for us today and what God wanted to do in us as a congregation, I love the fact Benny can put to words, in a sense, what I'm feeling, actually. And that, I love being in team with this man and this man and this man that we work together as a team leading you guys. And so, yes, we, no, that, that's, that's the best I think I've ever heard, <laughs> really, on what community is. And I want to I do something now a little bit. I want us to, to mess things up a little bit because I think, and so I want us actually split in a, into different pockets around this hall, actually go into our little community group.